You can also track your email activity. Now, I keep going on and on about this, but it's because it is so blooming useful, I promise you. If you can start looking at which of your emails are being opened and which of the links that you include in your emails are being clicked most often, that will yield a huge amount of information about what your audience is interested in. So you can test out different subject lines. You can test out different links. Every single time I include a link about the latest Instagram update in one of my emails, that is the link that gets the most number of clicks. And welcome to the Audience Growth Podcast. And today's a special episode for me because it's episode number 20. Hooray! (laughs) Now, that might not mean much to you, but when you make a commitment to show up consistently and create content for your audience, then you've got to celebrate these milestones because it can be quite tough going. And I may not always feel like recording a podcast, but this is an absolute non-negotiable in my business that every single week, a new episode episode of this podcast will be released. So I hope you'll celebrate this small but mighty milestone with me today. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to better understand your ideal customer and how to target them. Because if you can make your ideal customer care about what you're doing, then your business is going to be a success. So let's dive right in. First of all, I've got something to share with you today. And I hope this doesn't come across as too negative, but When we're thinking about who cares about our business, ultimately, nobody cares. Nobody is ever going to care about our business as much as we do. But if you think about it, why should they? Why should they care about our business anywhere close to the amount that we care about our business? They shouldn't because our business is our focus and our customers have got many other focuses in their lives, many other things to think about. So it's our job to try and gain a little bit of that attention and to try and help our ideal customers to care about our business a little bit more than they currently do. And the way we can really do that is by making our business more relevant to our ideal customers. So there's this real sweet spot of relevance in between what you want to communicate to your customers and what they're actually interested in. If you can get those two areas to cross over, that is where the gold is. That is where you will grab people's attention and keep it because you have made your business relevant to their lives. And the definition of relevance is the quality or state of being closely connected or appropriate. And how you can become more relevant to people and make sure that they're more interested in your business is to flip this scenario on its head. It's to stop thinking so much about what you care about and what's best for your business and to really invest time and energy discovering what they care about. And there are three steps to consider. Define, discover, and communicate. Step number one, define. You need to spend time defining who your customers are. What do you know about them or what can you discover about them? What are their demographics, their geographics and their psychographics? And there's a big hint here. One of them is way more important than the other two. But let's start with demographics. So this covers things like their age, gender, nationality, marital status, relationship status, the level of education they've reached, their household income, how their household is made up, that composition, what their employment status is and the industry that they work in. Next up, geographics. 
or geography. This covers things like their place of birth, the type of residence they live in, their place of work, the places that they usually visit and how they visit them, what mode of transport they take to get there, and their usual place of purchase. Are they shopping locally? Are they shopping online? Are they shopping in big retailers on the high street? And actually, there's been a real shift since the pandemic towards much more local shopping. So local high streets are having a bit of a resurgence since the pandemic, which is great to see. So those are the first two basic steps that you need to consider when you're getting to know your audience. But actually, let's think about an example here, because if we only focus on those two areas and we only develop our knowledge of our ideal customers in those two areas, then we're really limiting our understanding and we could get our targeting and our messaging completely wrong. If you've listened to episode 10 of the podcast, where I talk about how to understand your customers more, you will have already heard me refer to this example. But I'm going to take you through it again because I think it's a fantastic example and super relevant to this episode too. See if you can picture in your mind Prince Charles of the royal family in the UK and the Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne, rock star. Both male, both born in 1948, both were raised in the UK, both have been married twice, both live in a castle, and both are wealthy and famous. This isn't my example. I'm not sure exactly who came up with it first, but I love it. To me, this absolutely outlines exactly why your customer personas need to be about their hopes, dreams, problems and challenges and not purely their demographics or their geographics. So that brings us neatly on to psychographics. And this is where things get really interesting because psychographics is thinking about your heart and your head. So what's going on inside your customers' heads? What are the things that they really care about? And it's worth trying to categorize your ideal customers, not just by their demographics, for example, mums, but actually trying to drill down a little bit deeper into those demographic subgroups. For example, maybe they're authoritative mums. That's just one example of a demographic subgroup. Obviously, you could apply that same principle to any type of person that you're trying to describe. Then have a think about what you know about them when it comes to their hobbies. How do they like to spend their spare time? What are their interests? What are their passions? What would be the number one thing they would save if their house was burning down or they were on a sinking ship? What do you know about their lifestyle, their motivations? What drives them to do the things that they do? And ultimately, what you really want to understand is what's their primary motivation to purchase? Why are they likely to buy from you? And if you can understand that, then you can start putting out messages that demonstrate your understanding of all of these aspects of your ideal customers. And that will draw them in and make sure that what you're talking about is highly relevant to them. Step number two is to discover. So I've asked you lots of questions about how much you know about your ideal customers right now. If you don't feel that you know enough, and to be honest, we could all learn more about our ideal customers all of the time. This means that it's time to, yep, you guessed it, is my favorite catchphrase, go detective mode. So how can you do this? I've talked about this before, but let's go through a reminder. You can use your social analytics. 
You can look at your analytics and your insights either natively on each social media platform that you use or via scheduling tools. For example, I'm sure many of you know that I use ContentCal to schedule my content and it has a brilliant analytics section in there. You, by now, I hope have Google Analytics or an alternative embedded in your website. If not, please bump that up the priority list because you can get great information from there. You can find out where people are landing. You can find out which pages people are spending the most time on, where they're bouncing away from your website and leaving. But you can also find out more information about them. Where did they come from? Where did they find you before they got to your website? What brought them to your website? And how old are they? Where do they live in the world, roughly? What are their interests? You can find out all manner of things via Google Analytics. So try and get that set up. You can use qualitative research. That means conducting your own primary research to yield a high quality of results. In simple terms, you can conduct surveys with a small number of people. You can have conversations with a small number of people, but you can go in depth. You can just have a one-to-one conversation or you can have those conversations in groups, all examples of conducting qualitative research. And as a small business owner, you are unlikely to have the budget to conduct bespoke quantitative research. That's where you're speaking to a large volume of people and asking them the same questions. You're not directly speaking to them, usually you are commissioning a survey, for example. But what we can do if we don't have budget for that is tap into existing reports. So there will be research that's already been done in your industry to find out about the customers that you're looking to target. You can also track your email activity. Now, I keep going on and on about this, but it's because it is so blooming useful, I promise you. If you can start looking at which of your emails are being opened and which of the links that you include in your emails are being clicked most often, that will yield a huge amount of information about what your audience is interested in. So you can test out different subject lines. You can test out different links. Every single time I include a link about the latest Instagram update in one of my emails, that is the link that gets the most number of clicks. I also used this method recently when I was launching Audience Growth Club to find out who was most interested in the program. That worked really well. And there are a whole load of online tools and organizations and resources that you can use online that you can access for free to find out information about what people are into today. One of my favorites is gwi.com which stands for globalwebindex.com, which has some great societal reports. So make sure you check that one out. HubSpot as well, they have some great information too. So just let yourself go down a bit of a rabbit hole and find out what you can find out. Some of the things to think about when you're trying to really narrow down the psychographics around your ideal customers, so how they feel and how they behave, include trying to get your head around any problems or pain points that they're currently experiencing. What are they finding really difficult? What problems are they having that you could potentially solve for them, either with your product or with your service, depending what kind of business you have and what problems they are having? Ask yourself if you really understand their primary goals and needs. So I know that The clients that I work with on different programs have different needs. And that really comes down to what stage of business they're at. So 
the business owners who I work with who are earlier stage, they have a much more pressing need to make more sales. And then by the time we've been working together for a while, that need to make more sales becomes a need to manage their time. And sometimes they need help making their first hire or working out how to outsource for the first time because workload becomes an issue as they become busier and busier. So what do you understand about your ideal customers? And does that vary according to who they are? The most important thing to understand is what's stopping your ideal customers from achieving their goals right now or from solving their problems right now? And then what are the key benefits that you can offer that will solve that issue for them? Another thing to think about is what's the mindset that prompts purchase or use? What frame of mind do people need to be in before they will buy from you? Is it seasonal? Are they buying for a specific event? Or maybe something hasn't been happening. So for example, with Audience Growth Club, when I'm selling that program, I know that people are joining because they're frustrated at the lack of growth that they're experiencing, either with their audience or with their business or both. What do you understand about that tipping point that people need to get to before they will buy from you? I've got four examples that I'm going to take you through because... If you're anything like me, I always find it really helpful to have an example and to take this out of the theoretical and into the practical. So example number one is a brand photographer. What are the problem or pain points that their customers are experiencing? It's highly likely that their customers or potential customers feel too embarrassed to share photographs of themselves online. What are the primary goals of their ideal customers? They need to make more sales or charge more money? What's stopping them from achieving these goals at the moment? A really big factor will be that their potential customers can't get to know the person behind the brand. What are the key benefits that a brand photographer can offer according to their ideal customers or potential customers? If a brand photographer can put them at ease so that they don't dread their photo shoot and produce great looking images as well, then that is a great result. And is there an event or an occasion or a mindset that prompts somebody to hire a brand photographer? Maybe it's something like they're updating their website or creating a new website. Maybe they've changed their hairstyle. Maybe their weight has changed or they have a new wardrobe. Or maybe they've got a PR campaign coming up and they desperately need some new images to include. Second example is a business-to-business money coach. Problem or pain point of their customers? They feel lost and confused when it comes to money and they're spending every single thing that they earn. What's their primary goal? They want to make and keep more money. What's stopping them from achieving that goal? It's a lack of knowledge and understanding, a lack of confidence and potentially a negative mindset around money. So what are the key benefits that this business-to-business money coach can offer according to their potential customers? Confidence. Confidence around money. And what's the mindset or the occasion or the event that prompts somebody to hire a business-to-business money coach? Right now, it might well be the cost of living increases. Maybe they're unable to meet their financial commitments like VAT or tax bills. Maybe they are completely fed up with living month to month and they want to make sure that their business is sustainable for the long term. 
Our third example is a local delicatessen. What's the problem or pain point that their customers are experiencing? They want to feed their family wholesome food, but they live busy lives. So they are struggling to do that right now because they don't have enough time and maybe they don't have enough knowledge either. What's their primary goal? They want healthy family members. What's stopping them from achieving these goals? It's that lack of time, the ease of shopping in a supermarket, and maybe a lack of inspiration as well, or they don't have time to look up recipes and make lists. What are the key benefits that this local delicatessen offers? They offer homemade meals that the customer doesn't have to cook themselves, and they can be delivered. What might be the event or the occasion or mindset that prompts somebody to buy from a local delicatessen? Maybe they're having an exceptionally busy period at work. Maybe they are just exhausted and need a break. I'm sure lots of us can identify with that. And our final example is a brand designer. What's the problem or pain point that their customers are experiencing? Their customers are not projecting the business image that they want to. They don't feel like they look good online and they want to optimize their online presence. So the primary goals of these customers, they want to refresh or reimagine their brand. What's stopping them from achieving these goals? Their current image does not align with their business ambitions. They're not projecting the right image and their brand is not working hard enough for them. What are the key benefits that this brand designer offers? After a rebrand, you could potentially be able to access a new market or sell new services or reposition the business to make more sales. I think that when we start out, it's really common for people to feel like Going through a branding exercise is flimsy or an expense that can't be justified in the early days. But actually, you need to be super protective of the image that you're projecting online. And you need to make sure that you are aligning with the type of business that you want to generate. So for example, if you are going for high-end customers and you've got high-priced products and services to sell, but you've DIYed your brand that's a mismatch. It's not going to happen. So that's the perfect time to rebrand. So what might other events or occasions or mindsets be for this brand designer's customer to reach out and finally work with them? Maybe they've got a new business model. Maybe they want to introduce a new revenue stream. We create sub-brands every single time we launch a new service in this business. Or maybe it's simply been a number of years since launch and they feel that their business has grown so much since they started, they need a brand that reflects that growth. So hopefully those examples help you to understand more about the motivations and the factors that will influence how relevant you are to your ideal customers and the nuances that you really need to understand about them and what they want and what they need before they will consider buying from you. If you can demonstrate that level of understanding, then you really will help those potential customers move from not caring and not engaging with your business at all to ultimately becoming loyal fans and recommending you and helping spread word of mouth and leaving you great reviews and buying repeat purchases are so important to so many businesses. So a quick reminder of that definition of relevance, because ultimately what we're saying here is that you need to try and be as relevant as you possibly can be 
to your ideal customers by understanding their world, their hopes, their dreams, the problems that they have, and demonstrating that you are here and you can solve them. And this isn't just an overnight thing. This is about creating relevant content that speaks to them and doing it consistently so that you become a trusted presence in their life. So relevance is the quality or state of being closely connected or appropriate. And if you can ensure that your content is as relevant as possible to your ideal customers, to your audience, you will ensure that they start to feel closely connected to your brand. Ways that you can try and do this, I want to finish on a practical note. So here are a few different things that you can do. Start thinking about how you can adapt your content. What do you want to share? Where do you want to share it? when and how. Adapt your email sequences. What do you want to talk about? What do people want to hear about, more importantly? How do you want them to feel when that email newsletter lands in their inbox? What's actually going to make them sit up and take notice rather than just divert it into spam? Try and speak their language. How can you demonstrate your understanding? You can reflect their values, their beliefs, their wants, their needs. There's a common phrase that lots of people use on the internet these days, sound really old when I say that, don't I? And it's, I feel seen. That is the dream. If you can get your customers or potential customers responding to your content by saying something along the lines of, I feel seen, that is telling you that you're on the right track. They feel understood, they feel heard, and you have a place in their online life. Always remember to focus on the right clients and customers. You are not for everyone. So if people are dropping clues that show you they really don't feel seen, that's fine. Move on and focus on the ones who do. Make it your job to find out what's working and what's not. Go back to those three steps and define, develop your understanding of your ideal customers, discover, go detective mode, see what you can find out and communicate. Share that relevant content. So I hope that's been helpful for you today. As always, jump into my Instagram DMs if you have any questions and let me know how you're getting on. How do you feel about your content? Are you getting messages from people saying they feel seen or is it not really landing right now? I'm here for all the chat and you can also start this kind of conversation inside my free Facebook community, Audience Growth Collective. I'd love to hear from you in there too. much for joining me for this very special episode episode 20 and next week I will be back again and we're covering a really important topic next week so make sure you don't miss it I'm going to be sharing three ways that you can increase your revenue over summer and still have time for fun I know that summer can traditionally be a bit of a slump period for many small businesses and many of us have even more things to juggle than during the rest of the year. So I'm going to make sure that next week is a really practical, helpful episode for you to make sure that you can make the most of your summer and still make the most revenue possible as well. I look forward to seeing you then. 